In this parsha, after the story of Machloikas Koirach, the Torah tells us that Hashem says, Vani, hini nesati mishmeres Yisrael, that Hashem is promising Aaron and his children various different gifts that the Bnei Yisrael are going to have to give them, called Matnois Kuna. How is this connected to Machloikas Koirach that says earlier in the parsha? So the Sefri tells us, and Rashi brings it as well, that after Koirach came and tried to dispute the Kuhuna, Hashem says, I'm going to sort of sign and seal for you the Kuhuna of Aaron, and the, in court, so to speak, and the way he's going to be doing this is by establishing the Matnus Kuhuna, the special gifts that are going to be given to the Koyanim by the Bnei Yisroel. Says the Rebbe, we need to understand this is the connection between Matnus Kohuna to the Machloikas of Koirach. But what is the connection between the idea of Miser that is given to the Levi, which Apostle says immediately afterwards, Velevnei Levi, and to the children of Levi, I'm giving all the Miser, which says immediately in part of the same statement of Ani Chelkacha, which means, refers to the gifts that are being given to the Koyanim, the Matnus Kohuna, so how are these gifts to the Levi, how are they anything to do with Machloikas of Koirach? Furthermore, says the Rebbe, not only don't they seem connected to the Machloikas of Koirach, but if anything, it seems even the opposite. Why? Machloikas Koirach was against the Kohuna. As the Pasuk says, where Moshe is speaking to them, Uvikashtem Gam Kohuna, that you want Kohuna. They definitely were not arguing about the idea of the Leviya, because Koirach himself was a Levi. And in fact, he was one of the Chashavalavim, Ben Yitzar, Ben Kahas. So why are we now suddenly speaking about the gifts that are being given to the Levi, which is Miser? Now, seemingly we would be able to say that that's exactly the point. Since Koirach was from Shevet Levi, and the Machlaikas was coming from him and some other members of Shevet Levi, so that maybe the fact that they're from Shevet Levi, maybe, and that was exactly the point of their argument, their Machlaikas, as Moshe turns to them and says, Shimu Levi, listen the children of Levi, isn't it enough that Hashem had separated you already from the rest of Bnei Yisrael to serve him? And he brought you together with your, the, uh, your other brethren, Bnei Levi, to serve with you. And now you want Kahuna as well. So since it's all stemming from this idea of them being Levim, perhaps we could have made a mistaken thing, that as a result of this, Chas V'Sholoim, somehow the Levim now lost their Chashivus, their prominence. And maybe now they no longer have this task and this job. And this is why Hashem is saying, together with the gifts of Kohuna, He's also speaking about giving the Miser to the Bnei Levi, which t- tells us the Bnei Levi still remained with all of their importance. However, says the Rebbe, it's difficult to say this. Because from the fact that the Torah puts the Miser is together with the Hemshech, in continuation to the Matnes Kohuna, in fact, it's with that Vav, Hamoisif, it says, Vilivnei Levi, following from the Matnes Kuna, it says, and the Bnei Levi get the Miser. It seems to be implying that the connection of Miser to the Levim, with Machloikas, the Miser to the Levim, with Machloikas Koirach, is in the same category, in the same way, as the Matnes Kuhuna are related to Machloikas Koirach. In other words, just like Matnus Kuna is coming to emphasize the greatness of the Koyanim, in a similar way, the Maiser to the Levi is, com- is coming to somehow bring out their greatness, and not only to negate the fact that we shouldn't think that they're being punished or something. Another point, says the Rebbe, since, as we know, all matters of Torah are 
completely precise and accurate, we need to say that the connection between these Matnois, Kohuna, and Levia to the Machloikas of Kairach is not only in a general way that Matnois, Kohuna are just like a general sign and a proof to strengthen the Kohuna of Aaron after there was some sort of complaints against it, but that somehow the content of what Matnois, Kohuna, and Levia are all about are very much connected to the Machloikas Kairach. Somehow they are going to be the response, the answer against the claims and arguments of Kairach. How do we understand all of this? So the Rebbe says, we discussed already another time at length, this is another Sichel Lekutei Sichas, that which it says in the Sefer, Noya Meli Melech, that the idea of Kairach, which the Targum says on the words, Vayikach Kairach, the Targum says, Ve'ispeleg Kairach, Kairach came to separate, to cause Machloikas, so it says in Noyim Ali Melech that this is similar to the separation that Hashem made, the Rokia, the firmament that Hashem made in the beginning of creation, between the upper waters and the lower waters, separating the upper, the upper realms and the lower realms. And this is really what Koirach had in mind also with his Machloikas against the Kohuna of Aaron. And that is, since a Koyan is removed from the world, he's involved completely with matters of Kedusha, to quote a posseg, Vayibodel Aaron la'akdisha, Aaron was separated to be holy, Kodesh Kadoshim, to be the holy of holies, him and his children, especially Aaron, a Koyin Godel, regarding whom it, whom it says, Umina Mikdosh lo Yetzeh, that he's not supposed to go out of the Mikdosh. So he's completely removed from the world. Comes along Koyrech and argues, Madu'a Tisnasu al-Kahal Hashem. What does he mean by this? Why and how In other words, why should it be that your, the way you are should be over the Yidin in the sense that you should be having an influence on the Yidin over Kahal Hashem? In other words, why are you trying to impact the Yidin with your greatness? You want to have some sort of connection to impact them. I do it this last as if you're the leaders of Kahal Hashem and you want to lift the rest of the Yidin up as well to also be removed from the worldly things. While really the idea of the rest of the Yidin, their avoid is about being involved with Gashmias. Make the Gashmias into a vessel for Elikus. So Koirach is looking at the idea of Kuhuna and saying that you shouldn't be influencing the rest of the Yidin. Your idea is to be holy, remain removed, and don't bother with trying to elevate the rest of the Yidin. And this is what, and says the Rebbe, this is also we can understand why his argument of Madu'a Tisnasu al-Kahal Hashem is not in contradiction to the fact that he himself, and the people with him wanted to be Koyanim. Because Koyrach wanted a different type of Kohuna. The kind of Kohuna that's not related to the rest of the congregation. In other words, the Koyanim remain separated or removed from the people and not in a way of Tisnaso al Kahal Hashem that they're going to try to influence somehow the people as well. The Rebbe gives now some examples of this sort of idea, of sort of an extreme way of, a gvuradika way of serving the Abishta completely removed from the world, which is similar to what Koirach had in mind. The Rebbe says we find, for example, within the world of Kedusha itself, we find, for example, Shammai. Because of his very, very strict way, so we know when the convert came to him and wanted to convert, made different conditions, learning Torah on one foot, etc., the Gemara tells the story, Shammai chases away these, these converts with the yardstick that was used for measuring, for building. In other words, he's completely negating them, completely pushing them out away because 
In other words, as far as that sort of avoida, it's, a, it's an avoida of being completely strict and removed. And we know that Beis Shammai, in the place of Beis Hillel, the Beis Hillel passing something, we don't count Beis Shammai's halacha at all, because Beis Shammai's style was being, the Pasek says, V'sham derech, the Gemara explains, V'sham is the word V'sham, which means evaluating. Shammai was very, very strict and very precise in evaluating every single thing, weighing every single thing. But this is a particular sort of avoid of being extremely strict, and this is not really to do with the rest of the world. Another example says the Rebbe, we find by Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi and his, and his colleagues, that again, Rabbi Shimon ben Yechoi had the attitude of Teirosa Yumnasa, and we don't have to go to work, but the Gemara says this was an extreme case of way of serving Hashem, but many people tried Rabbi's way, and it didn't actually work out for them. Another example says the Rebbe, Rabbi Loza, the son of Rabbi Shimon and his colleagues. So we know that Rabbi Loza, after leaving the 13th year out of the cave, when he looked at something in the world, because he was so holy and removed, so this was causing destruction in the rest of the world around him. So again, these are examples of certain people that remain very, very removed from the world in an extreme way. And the Rebbe is saying these are some examples to something like what Kairach wanted. The Rebbe says, now we can start understanding why the whole idea of Matnus Kuhuna comes following the Machloikas of Kairach. Because what is Matnus Kuhuna coming to say? This is coming to express the connection between the Yidin and the Koyanim. The Yidin are giving from their produce and from their possessions to the Koyanim, to the Koyanim that are removed from the world. In other words, they are lifting up the Gashmi's, the things to become Matnus Kuhuna, to the extent that it can be said about this, that Hashem is saying, Ani chelkecha, I am your portion. In other words, we're giving this to Hashem. Hashem then gives it to the Koyanim. But this is really giving it to Hashem. So this is the explanation of why Matnis Kuna follows what Koyrach was arguing. However, the Rebbe says, seemingly this is still not enough. Why not? Yes, it's true that Koyrach was arguing against the Kuna, and specifically on the Kuna of Aaron. His, that the, his kuhuna and the gather kuhuna is that, as we said, the, the right way is that there should be some sort of connection. Um, but in, in, still in some way removed, as we just said over here. But since the idea is, again, since Koirach thinks that it should be completely removed, and the idea of Matnis Kuhuna is that, no, there is a connection. So the question becomes now, is that if we do want a proper connection between Elikus and, and the world, so seemingly, what, how should we correct this? In a way that the things in the world should completely be given over to the Abishter. In other words, that seemingly would have been the absolute connection between the alien and the Tachter, where something of the world becomes holy completely. So the Rebbe's question is, why are we specifically focusing on Matnus Kuhuna that don't really become holy? They're given to the Koyim, but they don't become holy. Why don't we do something that makes the object completely holy? For example, Karbonois that are brought on the Mizbeach. They're brought to the Ebishter and they become completely holy. As opposed to Matnus Kuhuna, which generally are for the benefit of the Koyanim. The Koyanim get to eat it. Some of them actually remain Chulin. So if the whole point was to negate Koirach's argument, we should have taken the Gashmis and make it completely holy. Before getting back to this, the Rebbe has a look at something else. And how, we'll see how it all connects. So the Rebbe says, Pashas Koirach, we read many years in the week of Gimel Tamus. 
or the, the time when the Rebbe is saying the Sicha, is actually on the day itself of Gimel Tammuz, the day that the Friedrich Rebbe was released from prison in the year Tafresh Pezayin. Now, based on what's known, that everything is Bahashgacha Pratis, especially based on the words of the Shalah, that all of the Yomim Toivim are hinted in the Parshish when we read them in the particular time. So therefore, it's understood, says the Rebbe, that the idea of Gimel Tammuz has a connection to the point of Parshus Kairach. Based on what we were saying so far, the, the connection seems to be very, very obvious. Just like Koyrach. He wasn't really bothered by the general concept of Kohuna that Koyanim are separated from the world. As we said, his main machloikas was that he didn't want the Koyanim should be influencing and being mashpia of their Kedusha to the rest of the people. The rest of the people need to be doing their tasks and their jobs and remaining who they are. In a similar way, those people that opposed the free Dikarebbe and imprisoned the free Dikarebbe, what was their main issue? What mainly bothered them for which they arrested the free Dikarebbe was not so much the avoid of Torah and mitzvahs that the free Dikarebbe was doing for himself, but what really bothered them was his spreading of Torah to the rest of the country amongst all the Yidden that were at the time in, the, in Russia. So too, says the Rebbe, the freedom, the release of Gimel Tammuz, what did that mean? That Hashem showed in an open way that the Friedrich Rebbe could continue spreading Torah, similar to the story in the parsha where Hashem is removing, completely nullifying the claims of Kairach by, so to speak, signing in court the Kahuna of Arim by giving these Matnois Kahuna. But the Rebbe says, seemingly, it's not completely the same. Why not? Because Gimel Tammuz wasn't the full freedom of the free Rebbe, the full liberation of the free Rebbe. He was only let out of jail, but then he sent away into exile, into Kastrama, where he's no, not able really to continue spreading Torah properly. That only happens later on Yud Bezin Yud Gimel Tammuz, when he's completely let out from Kastrama as well. And even then there were certain difficulties till he's finally able to leave the country completely. And therefore the Rebbe says, we must say that the similarity of the Geula of the free Yedike Rebbe, with this that says in this parasha, and how the Safri explains it, that Hashem is, so to speak, signing in court the Kohuna of Arun, is really connected to the part of the Geula as it is, what seems to be at least, still within the limitations of Golos, when he's still in the Kastrama by those that arrested him, and he's still somehow, the free Yedike Rebbe is still somehow under their authority. Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand all of this by first introducing another simple question regarding the general idea of Matnus Kohuna, and so too regarding Meiser. Matnus Kohuna is what a Yid gives away to the Koyin. So what he's giving is only a very, very specific, small portion of his possessions. Even Truma, Chala, and the like, the things that we need to give from the very first of it to the Koyin. So it has a certain measure. We need to give the beginning of it, but it still has a certain amount of how much we give. Even with the Rabbana that puts very specific measures, so what they say is, Ayin Yafa. If you want to give in the most generous way, you give one out of 40. Similar thing by Chalo we say. But there isn't this concept of giving away the whole produce to Truma. Rather it has to be, Shira, Nikarin, meaning you have to give them an amount that still will be plenty left over, a noticeable amount that's left over. So to regarding Miser where you only give a tenth of the produce, a tenth of the fruit. 
And the question is, we could understand why there should be a minimum shear, how much you should give. Don't give less than a certain amount. But why should it be a maximum shear? Why should it be that you cannot give away and make holy all of your possessions, give it all away to Hashem? In fact, as we said before, in some places, you're not allowed to give more than the very specific amount. The Rambam tells us, A person should not donate and give away all of his possessions. Someone that does it is going against the Torah. Rather, the Rambam says, a person who wants to spend from his money in mitzvahs shouldn't be spending more than a fifth. What's the idea behind this? Says the Rebbe, the explanation of all of this is, it's explained to Chzidah the difference between Koyinim and Levim. A Koyin's idea is Isha Chesed. His idea is kindness. The idea of Levim is the concept of Gevurah, of severity and so on. Koyrach, which was a Levi, what he wanted with his Machloikas against the Kohuna of Aaron was really, he wanted to put the Gevurah should be overpowering the idea of Chesed. Levim should be the ones instead of the Koyanim. What does this mean? So the Rebbe explains this in a more, in, in a way that's more relevant than Avoida Sodom. The difference between Chesed and Gevur is, Chesed is Hashpah giving Mulamaila Lamata from above to below. It's what we also refer to as Shuv. In other words, coming down into the world. Bringing Elikus into the world. On the other hand, Gevurah is about going up, Mimata Lamaila, leaving the world. It's what Chesedus refers to as Rotsui. Running away, going away from the world. Says the Rebbe, the root of Koirach's claim really was this idea, that the main thing should be Gvura, in other words, mainly the idea of Rotsu, Aliyah, about going away and up away from the world. That is, Koirach wanted that the Tachtoinim, Koirach was of the opinion, that the Tachtoinim, the lowly world as it is right now, in their very mitzis, the way they exist, cannot be a Kaili Telikos. And therefore, in Kairach's opinion, there needs to be this idea of Rotsui, trying to get away from the lowly state of the world, go up to become part of Elikus, to become close to Hashem. Now, how does this fit with what we said before and explained in other places? That the Machloikus of Kairach was, and the fact that the Koyanim and the Koyin Godol are trying to lift up the world through their Avoidah in the world. We said before that that's the whole idea, that they're trying to be Mashpia on the, on the Eden down here, to become closer to Hashem. So, the Rebbe says, what we were saying before was, that Aaron, that's the Isha Chesed, the Koyen of Isha Chesed, the way they are being Mashpia and Mamshech Elikus, is in a way, that is, that the person could remain the way he is down here, the Tachtoin could remain as it is, and therefore, and, and inside, and, and to bring him to be connected to Hashem. So in other words, it's not about leaving and becoming no longer connected to the lowly world. Rather that the world itself can become a keli telikus. Says the Rebbe, this is sim- similar to the concept of kol l'shem shamayim. You're continuing to do your work, but do it in a way that's connected to Hashem. B'chol you are doing whatever your ways are and within them to know Hashem. That's the Koyin approach. But Koyin's idea is that it's, it's about being completely removed from the world. In other words, the only way to really connect to Hashem, it's to go back maybe to what we said before. Earlier in the Sikh explaining that if you're lowly, the only, the, you, you remain lowly. But there's, there's no way for the, for the person that's low down, he's not going to be able to remain who he is and how he is and bring the Likus down there. If anything, he has to leave it completely or remain where you are. 
Says the Rebbe, this is, this is why the way we negate and we fix the Machloikas of Koirach is not through the Korbonis and Karchim, which we asked before. Those are things that become completely holy. Those are completely given away to Hashem. Those are brought on the Mizbeach. But it's specifically the Matnei school. Now, why? When we bring a Korban, and generally the idea of Karchim, when a person is donating his possessions to Hashem, so there we don't have so much this idea that the Tachto in itself, the lowly Gashmi, is the thing itself is becoming a Kaili Telikos. Because what happens to a carbon? It's leaving the domain of being choil, of being something ordinary. It's sort of leaving the connection to the person down here, and now it's just becoming completely holy. We're bringing it on the Mizbeach. Whereas by Matnas Kuna, the idea is that when a person is giving away from his things to the Koyen, the Koyen is eating it. And this itself becomes, by the Koyen, as the Pasuk says, Lemoshcha, which means Legdula. This is becoming part of his eminence and his greatness, he's eating it the way, in a hush of a way, the way kings eat, even Lahavdul, uh, kings that are not eating eat, in other words, they're eating in a hush of a way, but it's, he's eating it, and gosh, means to go away. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, some of the Matnei Shkuhuna, and the ones that are also in Chutzlar, it's actually remain completely chulin, even as the Koyin gets it. Here is noticeable and more emphasized that even the things as they are, regular, ordinary, mundane things, are connected to Elikos. The Rebbe says, now we'll have a look why Meiser takes it a step even further. Says Rebbe, because even by Matnus Kuna, it's still not emphasized completely that the mamish, the lowly things, as they remain in their lowly state, are completely connected to Elikos. Why? Says Rebbe, first of all, most of the Matnus Kuna, ten of them which are, in, could be eaten and they're in the base Hamikdash itself, four of them are in Yerushalayim, but most of the matnus kuna, first they have to become kadosh, and then there's the chiyuv that we give it to the koyin, and the koyin, as it says, are as if they are taking it from Hashem. So too says the Rebbe, even the things like truma and bikurim and chala. There's also the idea that you take and first give it away to Hashem, and then it's being given to the koyin, as the pasuk emphasizes, reishisam asher yitnu la Hashem. L'chon Satam, Hashem says, the Yidin give it away to Hashem, and Hashem is giving it to the Koyin. Bikurei kol Hashem, ba'artam Hashem yaviyu l'Hashem, l'chayiyu, the first of the fruit that they bring to Hashem goes to the Koyinim. Or another Pasek, titnu l'Hashem, truma. The Rebbe says, even something like Gezel HaGeir, which is, there's no Kedusha in that at all whatsoever, something that was stolen by Hageir, and now needs to be returned, there's no one to return it to, so it goes to the Koyin. But the way it works is, at first it becomes Hashem's, and then it's given to the Koyin. The Rebbe says, even the other matonis, even the other gifts, the things that are not only in Eretz Yisrael, are also things that even while it was belonging to the Yid, in the possession of the Yid, they really, so to speak, belong to the Koyin already. Like the example the Rebbe says is, that from an animal that needs to be given away, the zroya, the lechoyayim, the keva, which is the shoulder, the cheeks, the stomach, there's also Sdeachuza, certain fields, Sdecharomims, other fields that were donated and so on. So all these things, they already belong to the Koyin, even while there the Yid sort of has them. In addition to this, says the Rebbe, that by those things that we just mentioned, the Matonis and Sdeachuza are actually not even explicitly in our parsha. And the Matonis are, as Chazal say, this is more to do with the story that happened later with Pinchas, etc. Therefore, says the Rebbe, 
a continuation after discussing the Matmish Kuna, which to a certain extent is already bringing out that in Yonim of Choyl are becoming and uh, being given over to the Abishter. But as we just explained, it's not the ultimate yet because these are things that inherently have some Kedusha already. Says the Rebbe, now we move on to Miser to the Levi. Which first of all, even after it's given to the Levi, it remains complete Chulin. Has absolutely no Kedusha at all. Someone that's a non-Koyin, a non-Levi is allowed to eat it. And also, it's not a certain part, like the Zroya L'Choyayin V'Kevav, we said, for example, is already a certain part of the animal, belongs to the Koyin. In Maisa, there's no part of the produce of the fruit that belongs to the Levi before the Yid actually separates it. And therefore, this emphasizes even more how you have something that's completely choil, completely mundane, tachtoinim literally, and yet it's connected to Hashem by the fact that we give it to the Levi, which Hashem, who nachalase Hashem is his heritage. But in the next part of the Sikha, the Rebbe is going to go a step even further than what we give to the Levi. But first, the Rebbe says, one of the claims and one of the arguments that Koirach had started off as Machloikas with Kunas Arwin was that he said that a talis that's all of Tchelas is it exempt from Tzitzis. Chassidus explains that the argument of Koirach was that the idea of a talis, talis is a garment, it surrounds, it encompasses the person. A talis that's all of Tchelas represents a concept of a makif, something that's completely surrounding. And he was arguing that the makif doesn't need tzitzes, doesn't need the threads, the strings, those strings that come out of it, which would represent when something comes more in a panimius, more in an internal way. And this is the way he was trying to bring out his machloikas against Kunas Aaron. Again, this is something explained much more in Hasidus. What does this mean in Avoidas Hashem? In a subtle way, says the Rebbe. What this includes is that when you have a situation where, where a yid is being refined, but it's only becoming because of an oir, a great light coming from above, not from the person within himself, so even though, yes, he's becoming connected to Elikos, but since it's coming from above, so relative to the person himself, this is what we call makif. It's a little bit above. It's a little bit aloof. It's not coming inside him in Epinemius. In other words, it's not really coming from within himself. And we'll now see how this all connects to what we're talking about. Says the Rebbe, based on this, again, bedakos in a subtle way, when we speak about the idea of Meiser, it's still not enough to correct the Machloikas of Koirach. Rather, we have to have that those Matnoiskuna and the Meiser need to have a further influence lower down. And to bring out of what's, a, what's happening with the rest of the possessions of the Yid, the rest of the produce, the rest of the fruit that remains by the Yid after giving the Matnoi and the Maisers. Says the Rebbe, the Matnoi and so to Maiser by itself, since a Yid is doing it because it's directly a mitzvah of Hashem, so therefore you're still not bringing out in the most perfect and complete way how the Gashmi is in its own form in its form of remaining something lowly, is a keli telikus. The Rebbe says, this could also be understood from what Chazal say, even regarding tzedakah, that after the tzivui, the command for maestros, there is now, which there's now the part of the person's money and possessions that belong to him. Sorry. Chazal, there's those parts that don't belong to him. In other words, it was given to him as a pikodin. In other words, even tzedakah, 
What's the idea? In other words, there's a certain part of your money that, so to speak, doesn't even belong to you. This is supposed to be given away, either as maishas or as tzedakah, etc. And therefore, again, these things are still not bringing out that ultimate connection of the lowliest thing with Hashem. But when, when we give the matnas kun and maishas, what's being emphasized is, that yes, although the rest belongs to the person, and now you could use it 100% for your own needs, and you, you, and nevertheless, you're going to be using it in a way, because, because you realize that Hashem gave it to you. But yet you're using it completely, completely the way Hashem wants, even the rest of the money and the rest of the possessions. This actually reveals how even the lowliest, gashmiest things themselves, as they remain the possessions of the person, and yet the Pnimius, they're becoming completely connected to Hashem, in a way, as we said before, and this re- really leads to the ultimate of the dira of Hashem, Says the Rebbe, we could say that this itself is actually the reason to what we were discussing before, that by Matna Skuna and by Meiser, there's a very specific amount that you have to give, and you're not supposed to give away all your possessions. Because the connection with Elikuz by those possessions in a completely different way than that which he gave away. That's what we say that the Torah cares about the money of a Yid. In other words, we don't just go and waste it because they have to be elevated in their proper way. Says the Rebbe, something similar to these three general categories, again, the three general categories are things that are completely holy, like the Karbonis. Category number two was most of the Matnois Kohuna and Meiser, which become holy, which are given to the Kohen, but still have some sort of connection to a mitzvah and holiness and so on. And then there's the possessions that remains completely mundane and regular by the person himself, and yet he utilizes in a, in a, in a Teirudika way. Says the Rebbe, we see these same three ideas, similar to this, in the Madregos of Achdus Hashem, of understanding the unity of Hashem. And the Rebbe says there's what's called the Yichud of Havaye Echod, Mulmatolomailo, understanding the oneness of Hashem in a way of Mulmatolomailo. From above to below. And then there's the unification of what we call and What does this all mean? So the Rebbe says, the idea of in a way of in a way of ascending, what does this mean? In other words, this is the way we view the world, that the, the way Hashem created the world is completely, completely nullified exactly the way it was before before creation. In other words, that the Nevroim, the creatures, are mamish, absolutely nothing. Their whole reality is only the way it is up above. In the world of Atzillus, complete Elikus. Why are we calling this Mulmatol Amailo? It's, it's mainly what it, what it causes by the person, is that sort of motion of going Mulmatol Amailo. In other words, what it brings out by the person is an avoida of separating himself from the world, escaping the world, removing himself from the Gashmis to a certain extent. The Rebbe says this is more like the life or the avoid of tzaddikim, which are completely removed from Gashmias. Then there is the idea of Havayechot bringing down Elikus Mumailolamata, in other words, recognizing how Hashem is clothed and spreads Himself into every single thing in the world. It's not about looking how the world is up in Atsilus. It's about having Elikus down in our world. In other words, there is a world, but the Metzius of the world itself is godly. This Dargah of Yichud, 
brings out the avoid about a person, not of running away, escaping, removing himself from the world. On the contrary, to be involved with the Gashmias, he's enjoying the Gashmias, the thing, but that itself is in a godly way. Says the Rebbe, but even this Yichud, even though he is together with the Dover Gashmi, in other words, is the Yichud of the Elikus with the Gashmias, but nevertheless, it still, they still seem to be like two separate things that connected and united. There's Elikus and the physical. But then we have what's called the Yichud of Yichud Elah, the unification of Yichud Elah and Yichud Tatoa. Where here is felt as the, as the whole Metzis, the whole existence of the Gashmias. And the person's doing of the Gashmias and his pleasure is completely a matter of Elikus. In other words, they united completely. Says the Rebbe, now we could start understanding much more the connection between Gimel Tammuz and Pashas Kairach. On Yud Beis and Yud Gimel Tammuz, when the free Dikarebbe is released completely, even from that Golos of Kastrama, here it's not being expressed in the, in the fullest way how the work of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit impacted that even the Tachtoinim, even these lowly people that arrested the free Dikarebbe, should also be agreeing to the spreading of Torah and Yiddishkeit. Because the free Dikarebbe is then leaving these people. Even though generally in that country they're still acting against Yidin and Yiddishkeit, but the free Dikarebbe is now leaving their domain. It's specifically on Gimel Tammuz. When they, these communists, had sent the free Dikarebbe to this Golos of Kastrama. And as the free Dikarebbe goes there, even before he arrives there, he's already organizing that in Kastrama, children should be gathered, boys should be gathered and made a cheder. And that the mikveh should be fixed. And he says chassidus over there, etc. That specifically brings out this idea much more that the tachtoinim, the very lowly place itself, and these lowly people, as they are in their lowly estate, they're still keeping the free Rebbe in Golos. And yet they sort of themselves are agreeing to this spreading of Torah and Yiddishkeit of the Rebbe. This is similar, says the Rebbe, to what we were just saying, that the Shleimus, the perfect correction for what took away, what canceled, what nullified the Machloikas of Koirach, is that the physical things, as they remain in their lowly estate, we come to recognize how Bepnimius, they are really Elikos. Says the Rebbe, based on all of this we could say, that these three ideas again, which nullified and corrected the Machloikas of Koirach, these three levels, are also hinted in the special Torah and the special teaching that the Rebbe, that the free Rebbe said as he came out of jail, just before he went off to Kastrama. And this is what the free Rebbe said. Mir betin, we request by Hashem Yizborich. Yehi Hashem Elikeni Imonu, Hashem should be with us, Kasher Hoyim Aviseinu, like he was with our fathers. Al Yazveinu V'yal Yuchenu, he shouldn't abandon us, he shouldn't leave us. The Friedrich Rebbe goes on and says, Hashem Yisborech, Zol Zayn Metuns, He should be with us. Unved Zayn Metuns, He will be with us. Kasher Hoyim Avisein, like He was with our fathers. And the Friedrich Rebbe says, even though we are not similar to Avoyseinu, they were Bali, Mesiras, Nefesh, Bepoyol, Mamish, for Torah and Mitzvahs, etc. And yet we're asking that Hashem should be with us. So the Rebbe is going to explain how here we had also these three ideas that we were speaking about. But first the Rebbe introduces some questions. We need to understand, number one, in the, in the request, Yehi Hashem Elikeinu Imonu. So we know that there are different names of Hashem. The name Havaya means how Hashem is Hoya, Hoya, Vaviyya, past, present, and future, all together. 
In other words, this represents a level of alikus that's completely, completely higher than being connected to the world. And therefore, you might have to say that Hashem should be this level of avayi, should be imanu, should be with us. But the name alikim, which really alikim means, that Rebbe brings what says in Shulchan Aruch, that the Ebishter is the strong one that has the power, the ability, in the upper and the lower worlds. What does Elikeinu mean? That Hashem is our Koyach, that Hashem is our Chayas. Clearly the word Elikeinu already shows that Hashem is with us. So then, seemingly, there's no need to add the word Imanu. If you're speaking about Elikeinu, so you could say Yehi Hashem Imanu. But why Yehi Hashem Elikeinu? Once you're saying Elikeinu, automatically means He's with us. And the second question that Rebbe asks is, once Hashem is Imanu, this is already much more than just Al Yazvenu Vayuchenu, that Hashem shouldn't leave us and abandon us. So what is that adding? And finally, the Rebbe asks, the Rebbe, the Freedic Rebbe says, even though we're not similar to our Avos, who are Bali, Mesiris, Nefesh, Mopoyal, Mamish, Vatayra, and Mitzvah, and the Rebbe asks, the Freedic Rebbe clearly in those times was in a state of Mesiris, Nefesh, Mopoyal even as he was sitting in prison and afterwards. So what does it mean like we're not Mesiras Nefesh like our Avos? And even if you want to say that it's because of the humility of the Rebbe, that he considered his Mesiras Nefesh not similar, not on the same level of his Mesiras Nefesh of our Avos, so he didn't have to say it in a way that sort of completely is negating this idea of Mesiras Nefesh B'poyal. He says, even though we're not similar to our Avois, who are Bali Mesiras Nefesh B'poyal Mamash, it seems to be negating the whole idea of Mesiras Nefesh completely. So the Rebbe says the explanation is that the Rebbe, the free Yudhika Rebbe, wanted to be Poyal, wanted to affect the Geula for all Yudin. Even for those that the free Yudhika Rebbe calls B'Shem Yisrael Yechuna, that they're only called by the name Jewish. And therefore he brings specifically this Pasek, Yehi Hashem Elikeini Imanu, with the addition that even though we're not similar to Avisenu, meaning that even those Yidin that are not similar to Avisenu, that don't have Mesiras Nefesh practically for Torah and Mitzvahs, they too should have Avaya Elikeini Imanu, Hashem should be with them like he was with Avisenu. Says the Rebbe, according to what we explained, that the free the Rebbe wanted to accomplish the Geula also by these people that B'Shem Yisrael Yechuna, these people that are very far from keeping Torah and Mitzvahs. In other words, despite their level of keeping Torah and Mitzvahs, the free the Rebbe wants to bring out this Geula by them as well. So the Rebbe says, we can now say that when he says Agam, even though we're not similar to Avoseinu, the free the Rebbe was hinting to what it says in the Medrash. The Medrash says, Regarding this pasuk, to explain it, so the Medrash says Shloim is saying to Hashem the following marshal: If you have a king that hires workers, and if they do their work perfectly, they do it well, and the king pays them, obviously this wouldn't be considered a major praise to the king that he's paying his good workers. When would you say the king is really praised? If he hires workers that are bad workers, they're not doing their job, and yet he pays them. This is considered something very great. And this is what the Pasuk says, says the Medrashi, In other words, that the free Rebbe in a similar way is trying to bring this also for these people, this Gula, for these people that are so to speak like those for the workers that are not doing a good job. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand how in this Pasuk and in this statement of the free Rebbe, we have all three levels that we were speaking about before. Corresponding to these three levels.
Number one, says the Rebbe, we have the concept of Havaya Elikeinu. Havaya Elikeinu means how Havaya, how Hashem is becoming Elikeinu, our Koyach, our Chayas, which is the level of the person whose whole Metzius, in a revealed way, is purely godliness. That's the highest level. That's like what we said before about Kachim. The next level is Hashem Elikeinu Imonu. We ask, what's the addition of Imonu? That is, that on the one hand, a person is a separate entity for himself, but Hashem is with him. But that itself, that Elikeinu is Imonu, that itself is telling you already that he's very much connected to Elikus. That's the second level. That was more similar to the Truma Emaisa that we spoke about. But then we come to the next level. We're asking Hashem not to abandon us. In other words, when we want to accomplish, even by such Yidin that are on the lowest level, the Tachtoin Imamish, those that we said, they're only called Jewish. Where you don't see at all their connection to Elikos. That they too should have the Geula. For this, the Friedrich Rebbe says, that he should be with them. Even though we're not similar to Avaisenu. In other words, he's trying to hint at this medrash that we're just speaking about before, about these poyalim, that are not the greatest poyalim. And he's trying to accomplish that even by these bad poyalim should at least have this feeling, even if they don't have the first two levels. But at least they should have the feeling, but that even as they are in their lowly estate, it's visible, it's noticeable that the chaz v'sholim not separated and not abandoned and left separated from Hashem. Says Rebbe, this is really where it's expressed, this idea that even those that are tachtoinim, in their open and revealed way, really even they are connected to Elikos, that no matter what level a Yid is on, nevertheless, Be'emes and Be'pnimiyas, his Metzius is always Elikos. And to use the expression again of the Friedrich Rebbe, that call Ish Yisrael every single Yid, regardless of his personal state in Shemira Sakiyim HaMitzvahs, his heart is always complete and sincere and with Hashem in his Torah. And this actually caused that even the Tachtoinim of the world, even those people that arrested the Friedrich Rebbe, as they are in their state, they're still the communists. And yet they are being masking for the spreading of the Torah of the Rebbe and finally helping along to his freedom and his Geula Kepshuta. The Rebbe concludes and says, Since Hayyamim O'elu Niskarim V'nasim. So every single Yid, everyone, Imanu, as the Rebbe said, hints that it's, that it's all Yidin together. Hashem is with all of us. We all have that Iran and Sinas Koyach of Gimel Tamus. Not to be nispal from any things that try to get in the way of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit. And we have the promise, which is the second shot in the word Yehi. In other words, that it's not only we're asking Hashem, but it will be that, like that. That Al Yazveinu Vial Yechenu, that it will be fulfilled a Yehi Hashem Alekeni Imanu Kasherhoi Imaviseinu. Al Yazveinu Vial Yechenu, and to all the Bnei Yisrael will have oil, Beruchnius of Gashmius.